Capita, this is your host, Jasmine Luchis, and you're now listening to Hepa Talk Season 3. Hola, Hepitas. Welcome back to Hepa Talk. Today, I have a special guest and friend, Janet. Some of you know her as the pink realtor here in San Antonio, and I'm so happy to have you because not only have you been a client of mine, but you have been also a great supporter and a great friend over the years. And I have always found inspiration in your story. So to have you on and to be able to share that little piece of story um, with everybody, um, I'm like super excited that you said yes to sit down and talk with yeah, me. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I know we've been talking about it for a while and, you know, thank God we both have really productive schedules. So I'm glad we were able to finally connect. Yes. So um, can you kind of introduce yourself a little bit for the people that don't know you? Of course. So my name is Janet Favela, and I was raised here in San Antonio, Texas. I did move away for a few years right out of high school. So coming back to San Antonio, sometimes I forget like, hey, I haven't been here my whole entire life. There's a big 13 years missing. Yet, it feels like I never really left because it's always been home for me. So, um, I love being here. I love being back. I don't see myself moving anymore. That was a lot of moving for 13 years with the military. And so, um, a lot of people call me the pink realtor or pinky because it kind of was something that just came naturally. So, it wasn't like I, I wish I would take the credit and say, oh my gosh, I'm going to come up with this incredible branding. I'm just going to say the pink team or pinky and it wasn't like that it was really organic sometimes if people would forget my name they would say hey you know the realtor the agent the one that's here in the hall she's always wearing pink <laughs> or you know somebody would say yeah your friend the one that always has pink on and pink nails and so even you know at the nail shop they would always be like oh you're just gonna do a different shade of pink so I don't change that about myself I always do pink nails pink lips I wear pink every day and so um, that helps me a lot with even just getting ready for the day right if you Stay ready. You don't have to get ready. Mm-hmm. And so it's really easy for me to just go in my closet and like, okay, I'm going to wear this and this because it's pink. So that helps with time management too. And so that's how I got the pink thing. <laughs> I love that because I always enjoyed whenever you would come and visit me, like the different shades of pink. And you're very... Um, very um what's that word like fashionista for me i'm very like oh i love what she wears and um you always smell so good too (laughs) oh i love it because that's one of my biggest thing it smells like it is a huge turn off for me like if anyone if they could just be beautiful or handsome or whatnot if i smell anything like you know they forgot deodorant their breath oh my gosh i'm just like i I can't even function with with you're like turn off (laughs) and that's exactly why scott on our team always has those three strips he's famous for that and he's kind of rubbed off on us so we're all (laughs) you're 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 like we're we're all smell good look good and stay ready yes um so just to kind of go off a little bit um you did say um that you moved a lot um so how was that for you like moving around being a mom and everything and for your career I think it made me really resilient so that's like the one word I would take from it I I can adapt to change change has been a part of my life my whole life and so I know for some people's personality it's hard to adapt to change and I think God really prepped me up for change because my whole life has always been changed there's never been something that's just super consistent or super long. And so I just, you know, whatever change comes my way, I just kind of adapt with it and roll with it. And so moving around a lot, I was able to develop systems where like, hey, this is what we're going to do. We're going to pack. We're going to do this. We're going to put the important things here. 
And so I put a lot of systems into place that I probably wouldn't have had I never moved away. And also being able to rebrand myself with every city. So I started real estate in Oklahoma. And at the time, my main goal was to help military families into that new transition because I knew what it's like. Like, hey, you're moving, you're PCSing, you're going to start all over again. You got to meet new friends. You got to know where the coffee shop is, where, you know, everything is at the stores, everything you do on a regular day basis, gyms. So for me, it was being a connector. And so I was like, the best way I could connect people to people or people to things is being a realtor. And so that's when I started real estate. And then when we moved to Colleen, Fort Hood, Texas, I was happy to be back in Texas, yet I was like, okay, now I got to start rebranding myself again because nobody knows me. Then you would think the easiest part was coming back home. Like, I know everyone back home. No, it was the hardest rebranding because people hadn't seen me since you know, middle school, high school, elementary, and so it was like the biggest rebranding was coming back home. So um, you come home and then you have to rebrand yourself. I know a lot of people have that saying where strangers support you more than friends. Was it something like that for you coming yes. home? Yes, oh my gosh, that could not be more true. So a lot of times, you know, I'll post little memes on Instagram or things like that, that or they're just funny and they come from that aspect and a lot of my girlfriend be like oh are you throwing shade at me and I'm like eh, the shoe fits now um so it is true I mean a lot of strangers will support you because they see your vision they see what you're doing they see uh your loyalty to your brand they see your loyalty to your team and so they choose to work with you where sometimes friends are like well you know are you gonna give me a discount you're gonna do it for free or they just you know they see you more like oh they're my friend and then they don't come to you every time now, I will say that a lot of my business, though, is 90% referral, so it has come around where my friends, family, past clients, they're the ones that use me the most, so I don't have to really do a lot of, like, cold calls and attract new business, so I, I love my referrals. It's just that, yes, the beginning it was, you know, strangers that supported me a lot at the beginning. Yeah, I, I, I'm sure that that's a, that's a little hard, especially when you want to build yourself again, and... Um... So just to go off of that, I know you came home and one of the reasons why I felt so connected to you and and so inspired is your story on how you had to not only rebrand yourself, but rebuild yourself after. So can you let everybody know a little bit about how it was for you having to start over once you came home? Yes. Yeah, so that is probably the darkest chapter of my life. And I trust moving forward, it will stay that that's the only one, right, that I've been through the worst. And it was a difficult chapter in my life because at the same time as I was rebranding myself, being back home in San Antonio, I was actually going through a divorce and it was really painful. And going through that emotionally, like before I couldn't even talk about it without crying. And now I'm like, okay, I could bring it up in three seconds. And so going through that dark season with real estate was very difficult. It was very difficult because we all know that anything in sales um, always suggests a lot of mind control, right? A lot of mindset. It's all about mindset. And going through something really depressing, you don't really have that that positive mindset at all in personal, so it's hard to transition that in business. So a lot of times I did want to give up. I actually almost gave up real estate the first year I was getting divorced. Um, I called my good friend Scott Maloof, and by then I was on his team already. Uh, we have established the whole team with Maloof International Group, and I had told him I'm going to quit, and he said, why? I said, I just can't do this. Like, I can't even, you know, get myself to get ready. I can't get myself to get the day started. I don't even know what I'm saying right now, more or less. I'm just not going to be able to help, 
you know, the women that I brought to the team, I'm not going to be able to help my clients and serve them in the best, um, you know, solution for them. So it was really hard and I had to finally, you know, sit back and just think, okay, if I'm going to do this, I have to do go all in because it's sink or swim right now. And so I did. I I went from nothing, like from my divorce, I literally was left with nothing. Like, I mean, zero dollars, zero anything. I actually am working on a book right now about that chapter of my life because it was like, I never wanted to be in that moment again where I'm left with nothing because of someone else. And so coming from that, I had to, you know, do a lot of things that I never thought in my life I would have to do, sell my things and lose my beautiful home that I thought was going to be where my children graduated high school from and where they went to, you know, took prom pictures. And so all that just crushed, all my dreams crushed from my dream house to everything. And so going into that, that next year, I actually went all in and I, that's when I became a six-figure earner. So Now, because that was a very dark time and now you have found yourself out of that place and you can talk um, about that darkness in a positive way what is one thing that you would tell somebody that's finding themselves in the same situation right now so I remember going back to that moment there was a time where there was a day where I was in my bathtub I let the water get so hot and I had been sitting there so long that when I finally realized I was still in that bathtub the water was ice cold right and so I thought to myself I can't live this way I can't depend on someone else for the rest of my life And it was a very weird moment for me because I felt like I was always independent. I was always self-driven. I've always been very, you know, strong. I grew up without a dad, so that itself, you know, so cliche. However, yes, I was always really resilient at, like, being a military spouse and whatnot. Yet in that moment when someone really truly turns their back on you, you feel like it's all your fault and, like, what did you do wrong? So you really start to doubt yourself, and the enemy takes that all in. And gives you these bad thoughts. And so I remember I had these bad thoughts, like, why am I here? And I remember I called my mom, and she told me, no te te me vayas a echar a perder. And I was just like, what, me? Like, I'm not, I don't do drugs. What am I going to do? And so I thought about how I was thinking that day. And I was like, wow, it's so easy that I could go the wrong way or I could go the right way. And so that, at that moment, I knew that I had to go all in had to do whatever it took to become the breadwinner because for all those years prior to that, I wasn't the breadwinner. I was secondary income. I was like, hey, real estate's glamorous. It's fun. You know, it's my side hustle as a spouse. And I never had to worry about like a mortgage payment and the car payment, insurance, you know, healthcare. And so when that happened, I was like, wow, like I have to figure it all out. And I think like anybody going through that, they just have to tell themselves, you know, echale ganas, like, no matter what, you're going to get through it. It may not be where you were before financially or in, in the circle of life, right? You're not going to be where you were. However, someday you're going to be better than that and you're going to be past that. And I think that's the hardest thing as women for us to envision that like, hey, it took me so long to build something with someone to be where we're at. And how am I going to rebuild that by myself? It's going to take me longer. It's going to take me double the time. And so I think we just have to focus on that. We can do it regardless. We were the ones that helped that person get to where they are, right? I think uh, what you just said was perfect because I think a lot of us think like, well, I wouldn't have what I have if it wasn't for my partner, right? Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of us lose sight that. But 
we helped our partner get exactly. to the position to help build our home, our, our, our family, right? And so I always admire women that find themselves in that situation, that find that passion and fire in themselves to push through because we really do have it in us. It's just sometimes it's hidden because we don't have to we don't have to put ourselves in a fight or flight mode yet. Yes, exactly. So whenever you do find yourself in that and then you push through and you actually um, surpass what you thought you couldn't do, I think it's so rewarding, right? So I'm sure now you look back and you're thinking like, if I would have let that bad thought that day take over me, what my life would have been like. Um, so I think it's very powerful that you're able to share that now and, and share your experience and tell people like, no, you can, you can do it. Yeah. And, and it's that little inner voice that you're like, always like, I'm chingona. And then when the time comes, you're like, no, I really have to be chingona. You know, I have to pivot through it. And I think the biggest part with life, just like with real estate, there's going to be different seasons where everything's up and then other seasons where everything's down. And you have to be able to pivot through those moments to go back up. So, yes. Now, you did mention that you wrote a book. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Yes, of course. So a good friend of mine, Tina Torres, she was actually a military spouse with me in Georgia. And that was the first place I moved to right at 19 when I, you know, got married, left. And her and I clicked really well. Number one, we were both in sales. We were just really good at it. I mean, anything we just put our mind to it we sold so we went from everything from selling rainbow vacuums pamper chef mary Kay, you name it and so we we did a lot of sales and she actually went through a dark moment in her life where she shares in the book where she went through a really rough divorce and so when i went through mine it was just a crazy thing that i hadn't talked to her in years i mean i hadn't talked to her by then it had been like 15 years at least and it was like as soon as i called her she would answer as soon as she would call me i would answer because I knew that even though we're not friends that talk on an everyday basis, that if she was calling me, it was because she was in a dark place. And if I was calling her, I was either in my car, in a parking lot, really, really like taking the day hard, right? Because of everything going on with the divorce. And so when she mentioned to me writing this book, she brought it up to me a couple of years ago. And at the time, I wasn't ready for it because I had a lot of anger. I had a lot of rage. I had a lot of just mixed emotions. And I feel that if I would have written the book at that time, it would have just been more of like a bad talk, you know, bad talking about my children's father. And at the end of the day, I want them to have the, the vision that they have of their father, which he is. He's a great man. He's a great father, great military man. And so now this year, when she approached me to be a, one of the authors of this book, it's, um, it's so huge because I did my chapter and I based it off of just one event. We all have a life pivoting moments, life events. And I think the one, the biggest one for me is that day when I landed in Disney with my girls and I had just found out about everything going on with the affair and I went up to pay for my rental car and my card was declined. And at that moment, it seems like something so insignificant and it was so huge that it changed my whole life and my pers perspective of everything. Because sitting there in this line with two little girls scared in the middle of you know Orlando thinking like, how could I have always my whole life trusted someone financially right and here I am not able to do anything like I'm completely frozen like zero dollars zero anything and this is supposed to be their happiest moments and it's the worst moment of my life so I knew at that moment that I no matter what happens in my life no matter what goes on in my career with real estate with relationships 
I will never put myself in that situation where someone else can have that much hold on me where I can't, I have no exit. And so that's what I focused my chapter on on that book. And I'm really excited because there's all these other women that are great um, authors too. And they've been through things in their life that some of the stuff that they've been in, you know, through is a lot darker than my, my things. And so we tell each other like, hey, no matter what you've gone through, it's not, it doesn't make your pain less than mine, right? Mm -hmm. And vice versa. And so it's really cool. It's going to be published in September and I was working hard on it. So I really love where I took that chapter because it just breaks down of how you have to know what moments in your life change your life and never go back to those moments no matter what. I love that. I, I can't wait to to um, purchase it and read the chapter. Um, and not only read the book in general because it, it, it is a, a book full of women sharing their their stories and, and their trials and tribulations. So I'll definitely can't wait to have that in my hands. Um, now, I do know that you are one of the top um, realtors here in San Antonio and you have a whole team. So how is it um, being the one to manage so many girls? So yes, on Maloof International Group, I have the biggest team and there's seven of us. It's myself, and then I have one guy, which is Davion, and then I have um, all the other ones. They're women, and they're they're way younger than me. And so it's funny that when I started real estate, I was always the youngest person, 19 in the room, 20, 21, and now I'm the oldest person in the room. And I love that because I can tell them from experience, right? Sometimes we have intuition, and without prior experience to certain things, we we don't have that intuition naturally. So it's kind of one of those things that you have to go through to be able to talk on that. Mm -hmm. And so when they're having a rough moment, because like I said, real estate, the numbers are hard, um, doing the contracts, all that, yes, it's that's easy to me. It might be hard to some other people, yet the hardest part is going to be going through it emotionally because um, transactions are very emotional. I mean, sometimes a seller is selling their house because they went bankrupt or foreclosure, they're getting a divorce, which I'm a, you know, when it's the agent, you know, is involved, they have to leave their emotions out of it. So that's one of the biggest things that I tell the, the girls on my team is just, hey, it's not about you. Or if they tell you something wrong, it's not about you. It's about them, what they're going through. So being able to manage that, I think is huge. Yeah, I, I think being able to share your experiences, and I think that's also a beautiful thing, right? Because they look up to you as a mentor, not only, I'm sure, as far as career-wise, but I'm sure you guys have all been able to build such a wonderful relationship to where they even um, look up to you in, in personal and, and life experiences, right? Um, so tell me a little bit about, because um, I do see that you guys take a lot of trips together and stuff, and I know one of the things that I admire so much about um, you guys is that I always see that you guys do a lot of classes to build um, leadership and things like that. So tell me a little bit about that. Yeah. So we, I mean, me, myself this morning, right. I was taking a class. I take a lot of classes and being one of the leaders, it's very important that we live by example. Like we still, I still take classes all the time. If any opportunity approaches, I tell them and encourage them to take the classes with me. And so always keep learning because the moment you stop learning, you stop growing and you die. So that's huge. And within the team, we do celebrate each other's life moments, whether it's a baby shower, a wedding, a bridal shower, you know, anything like that, birthdays. We do a lot of that. We even go to church together. Anything that you can think of, 
uh, sometimes people will joke around and say, don't y'all get tired of each other or are y'all sick of each other? And my answer is no, we're like a big family. And so I, they're really the, the people that I'm the closest to now in my season of my life, besides my children, of course, and um, besides my boyfriend. Other than that, like they're really the ones always there for me every day and I'm there for them. Anything they're going through, it doesn't even have to be with real estate. I just tell them, call me whenever. Yeah, I think that's a, that's wonderful because you you need to have those beautiful, healthy relationships in your day to day life to to find inspiration and to really just be able to take uh, life life's punches, right? <laughs> um, so tell me a little bit about what the next five years look for you and your group of girls. Like, what is one of the goals that you're you're hoping to achieve in those five years? So my mindset has always been to build leaders, not to build followers, right? So anybody can build followers. I mean, you can just look good, play the part, and then you'll have a lot of followers. However, that's not doing them any good. What I like to do is build leaders. Um, I would say Blanca on my team is a really good example of that. This, uh, the last two months, she's actually built her own team within the team, and she's been with me four years. So, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't like a long time frame where she had to take all this time to build herself and built this team she now has three girls that are on her team on the royal team so i think that she's a great example of what i really want to build and what the vision is for the group is building other leaders davion actually just built his team and he's actually just uh, brought in his his first agent this week and um, kylie on my team she's very young she's actually the youngest on the team she's actually the youngest on all of Malou international group and she's amazing. I mean, I tell her to go do something. And I'm like, okay, it's going to take her a little, a couple of days. She'll do it that day. So I know she has a huge, huge uh, future in real estate herself. And my vision is for her to create that team, as well as the other girls, you know, Ellie um, and Anna and Catherine. They also are going to be able to be leaders themselves one day. So that's what I like to create. Uh, I can't wait to see that. Now, I always like to ask everybody that comes on, what is one thing or one person that inspires you on your day-to-day life? For sure, my mom. My mom. Um, I Through the real estate industry, I've had a lot of great mentors, a lot of great leaders, and they've inspired me to do great in real estate. However, in life, I would say it's my mom. So growing up, she was a single mom. She worked two jobs. And I just loved how she always carried herself so well. Even though she was going through a lot, even though she was working two jobs, I mean, I can't imagine working 24-7, not having any rest, any vacations. I mean, I go to vacation on vacations all the time. <laughs> and I'm, you know, I'm super, super blessed to be able to do that. That's something I put in my calendar, my schedule at the beginning of the year. I say, I'm going to go here, here, and here. I put on my vision board, and I make it happen. And I think my mom never got to experience that. For the first time in her life, I got to take her to... Cancun last year for my birthday and uh, my boyfriend helped with that he actually surprised me and was able to help her and my stepdad with their passport and be able to take them out there and that was huge and just thinking about that moment I wish I would have been able to you know encourage her growing up for her to do things like that for herself yet that wasn't her focus her focus was getting me ahead taking care of me keeping me safe making sure that she was taken care of and she never really gives up, you know, every time she thinks of something, she makes it happen. And I remember when I was like in middle school and high school, I wanted name brand stuff and designer stuff. And I don't know how she would do it. She would just make it happen and still buy it for me when I when I was about to turn 15. 
she was like, you're either going to have a quinceanera or a car. And I was like, okay, I want a car. And at the last moment, she was like, you know what, I'll, I'll do both. So she did both. And last year when I threw my daughter her quinceanera, I was like, I have no idea how my mom did it. I did my daughter's quinceanera all by myself last year too. Yet back in those days, I mean, that was hard. And I don't know how she did it. Yet she never, you know, fussed about it, never told me like, oh, I'm, that's impossible. There's no way I'm going to do that. And she inspires me every day. She always tells me, um, no, todo tiene solución menos la muerte. So whenever I'm going through something, I'm like, there's no way I'm going to get out of this. How am I going to fix this? this I, that's it. I'm going to give up. She's like, is it death? No, if it's not death, you can fix it. So you have time to fix it. And I always think about that. Even when I'm going through a, tr a tough transaction, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is the end of the world. What am I going to do? And I think mm -hmm. of that of my mom's voice and I'm like, okay, no one's dying. It's not an emergency. We'll figure out a solution and we'll make it happen. So that's huge. And, you know, unfortunately, when I think about my biggest fear, it was being a single mom. Growing up, I was like, well, if there's one thing I'm going to do is I'm not going to be a single mom. I don't want to struggle like that. I don't want to go through that. And that has been the biggest pill to swallow because that's exactly what happened, right? And after so being married so long, you think like, oh, that's not going to happen to me. Like, I'm good. I made it. I made the cut. And it's just one day you get slapped in the face and you think, wow, my biggest fear came true. Yet at the same time, your biggest fear came true and you didn't die from it. You're good. So... I remind myself that every time, even when there's moments, sometimes I still cry when my little ones go with their dad because, you know, everybody sees on Instagram or on social media that, oh, I'm having a cocktail or I'm at the beach or whatever, yet nobody sees that the everyday moments I go through, even like last night, you know, crying on the way home from dropping off my son at his dad's, not because they're not safe there, they're perfectly safe. They're having a great time. They want to be with their dad. It's because I'm being a little selfish and I'm like, why are they not in my home every night asleep with me and so nobody sees all those tears that are mm -hmm. you know shed behind the scenes and I can only imagine how many tears my mom kept from me growing up I think I think just you expressing that is like so beautiful because I think that's just moms in general right mm -hmm. they, they put on this strong front that you're just like how do moms do it And it's awesome to see now as an adult that you can look back and be like, damn, my mom was really a chingona. Like, yeah. I didn't have to see her struggle or nothing, mm -hmm. and she made shit happen for me. So that's, so that's so cool to see that that's who you look up to. Thank you. Now, taking from whatever you just said about your mom, what is one thing, because I know you have daughters, what is one thing that you wish that your daughters take from you? that no matter what life throws at them, they're going to be okay. Whether they have a supportive, you know, partner or spouse, or whether they're by themselves, they are still going to be okay. And I think that's one of the biggest things that, going back to the crying thing, the biggest thing I had to learn was keeping that from them, not because I was lying or living another life. It was because I felt like they could, they, uh, children always go off of your energy, right, as a mom. And so when they would see me sad and depressed, I feel like they were sad and depressed in their world. And so I took that and I was like, okay, you know what? I got to make sure that they know I'm real, that I'm human, that I have feelings, right? So they can express their feelings, yet not making it to where it's so dramatic and it's going to change their life. So I would go in, you know, cry in the shower or if I felt really, really sad, I would just be like, hey, mommy's going to go take a shower. I took so many showers, <laughs> so many baths and showers. And I think they're, they're able to take that from me now because they know that, 
you know, sometimes I do things and I don't tell them about it or, or when I'm feeling down, I just turn it around. And I think that's the biggest thing that I, I trust that they take from me is, you know, it's not a bad day. It's just a bad moment. And sometimes you do have to give yourself those five minutes to just cry in the car or be angry or be upset about whatever the situation is and then move on, you know, carry on, move forward. And so I think that's what I would love for them to take from me is like move, push forward no matter what happens. Life is never going to be perfect. It's just not. And it's hard to accept that. And so just moving on. I love that. I, I really hope that they, um, they take that. And just even to seeing you overcome the hardest part of your life and what you are able to build now and to see how mommy was able to do all of that and more for them. I'm sure they, they will look back and be like, I'm so thankful for my mom for doing this. So I want to just thank you so much for like being able to come and, and sit down with me and share a little bit about your story because, like I said, when we first started, I have always found that very inspiring because not a lot of women can speak on something like that and, and be able to say, like, I pushed through or not a lot of women think that they have it in them. So to be able to share that with everybody, I'm, I'm thankful that you said yes. Is there anything else that you would want to add to, like, your daughters? Like, what do you would like to say to them? Yes. Well, I always tell them to refer to me as a mariposa, a butterfly, right? And I trust that one day, 80 years from now, <laughs> when I'm gone, they will always remember me by that. Because it's like, to me, I've always loved mariposas. I've always been, you know attracted to those butterflies that that's like my animal choice for everything like butterfly you know jewelry butterfly box whatever paintings and that is such a big part of my life that that's literally what I went through I went from being a caterpillar to a butterfly and it, what it means is new life so every time you have a new chapter a new season even if the past one was painful the new one's going to be more beautiful mm -hmm. so just imagining yourself as a butterfly that's what I trust my even my son I trust all three of my children will take that with them and know that there's always a better season no matter what you're going through. I love that. I absolutely love that. Well, thank you so much, Jennifer, for sharing and for sitting down with me and letting me share a little piece of your story with everybody. Um, I know I said in the beginning of the episode, I always find inspiration in your story because you were able to get yourself out of that dark place um, really put your faith up and be able to turn around and build something for yourself and, and really be a, a motivator for other people going through that and even for women wanting to be career women. So um, thank you so much for sitting down and talking with me. Is there a way that you can share where people can connect with you? Oh, yes. Yeah. So Instagram is my favorite platform for social media right now. So they can find me at Janet the Pink Realtor. And also, I mean, Maluka International Group, we have pages on Instagram. We have a TikTok account, Facebook. It's really easy to find us. <laughs> <laughs> well, you guys heard it here. I hope that you guys are able to connect with her. And then make sure you guys keep an eye out for her book that she is part of coming out in September. Yeah, can I share what, what the name is? It's yes. uh, Glow Stick. Be a Glow Stick, girl. Oh, glow stick girl. I love that name. So you guys heard it here. Make sure you guys keep an eye out for it. And whenever it comes out, I'll make sure that I reshare it and I'm able to link it for everybody as well. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you.
Hola, Jepita. Thank you so much for tuning in to our Hepa Talk podcast. If you haven't already, make sure you follow us on Instagram at Hepa Talk. Make sure you leave us a review and that you subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, and on YouTube. Thank you again. Hasta luego.